Welcome to Season 9, Episode 8 of the Young Hearts Run Free Podcast. We have said that Season 9 was going to be a wee bit different, and we've got different again tonight. Different because Stevie Boy is away recovering, recuperating after his wonderful efforts in Chicago. So you, dear listeners, have the pleasure of listening to me, JC, and our most wonderful guest, Ali Edi, who's going to spend the next, we'll see an hour, maybe an hour and a half, we'll see what happens. Ali agreed to speak with me February, March, I think, Ali, we first spoke about this, so we're, we're finally um, got getting together to have a wee chat and to find all, all about Ali and her running history. But let me, Ali, welcome to the Young Hearts Run Free podcast. How are you doing this evening? Thanks, Sean. Yeah, really pleased to be here. I'm, I'm doing well today, yeah. Cool. I'm just going to do just a wee backstory that um, Ali's a listener to the podcast. I'm not going to ask you how many episodes you've listened to because it could be one, it could be 20. I don't know about that, right? Doesn't matter. Season, we'll just say a seasoned listener. Yes, that's perfect. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you very, very kind. Um, and you get the social media thing happens. People follow the podcast. People follow each other on social media, things like that. And I, But I remember you put in a request for a I shout did. out. A shout out at one point for Andy Davy, who was going to be driving to the Davo. Was it the Davo Way? Yeah, dive away. I think we were, I think it was the night before and I thought, hmm, or the few days before and I knew we'd be driving up the road on Mm -hmm. the Friday when the podcast came out. Yeah, yeah. I thought thought that might be a good cunning plan to give him a a boost up for his first ultra, which he absolutely smashed. He certainly did. And we love a cunning plan here at Young House (laughs) on Free. And and that sort of, that was the, sort of connection made as in messages going back and forth and then this year at the Four for Half Marathon um oh sorry to give it its full title the Four for Half Multi-Terrain Indeed. something like that something like that we actually met in person I, I bumped into Andy first in the uh, in the car park and then you arrived and you were both wearing a wonderful well different but wonderful pairs of shorts that was the first thing it uh, I thought you were going to say a wonderful buff there. (laughs) (laughs) Damn, missed opportunity. Um, But yeah, and then we had a bit of a chat before and after that race as well. And then it's happened a few times this year. We bumped into each other at the Blast running 20 along the 4th. We had a a chat there. And then most recently in the playground at Glenmore 24 when you were up supporting your pals. So... um, a very well established member of the running community and over these chats that we've had there's always been something on the horizon for you that's really interested me and it's interested Stephen as well and I thought this would be because season nines we're doing things a wee bit differently Stephen's not here I thought it'd be the perfect time to get you on and have a have a wee chat so as we do with everybody that comes on the Young Hearts Run Free podcast going to hand over to you tell us all about Ali Edie's running history 
what got you into the world of running and take us from then up to the present day. Yeah, I was I was trying to have a think about kind of this over the last few days and I guess one part of my running history I think I often forget about is way back, um, I guess really probably when it started was going along to my local running club when I was, I don't know, 10, 11, 12 mm. kind of age and uh, kind of got involved with um Muscle Run District Athletic Club, uh, which is a club that's still going strong, and we go along to the um, the events kind of across. So we'd we'd go to Grangemouth and we'd go to Petrivi and we'd sometimes go to Kelvin Hall. And I don't really know how it happened, but I got I got coerced into doing the 800 meters and the 1500 meters. They were my they were my events, which I typically didn't run very fast, but had a nice time I think at the time um, and I have distinct memories of um, one of my favourite parts of going to Petrivi or going to Grangemouth was after the run I would always get a pot noodle from the cafe and uh, <laughs> and when you're whatever a 13 year old running in the rain that was a that was a good that was a good point of it um, and then I guess I've always been involved in kind of sports since had kind of did We'd, yeah, kept running throughout, um, definitely throughout kind of tail end of primary school, maybe early high school, um, and was always, was always active. Um, played, a, kind of branched off from, from running a little bit um, at uni and played um, water polo. Uh, so kind of traded the, the outdoors for the, for the pool. Um, but then in... I think it must have been 2014 did the Edinburgh half marathon and um really didn't enjoy the training and really didn't enjoy the run um I it, and it, honestly it put me off running for for years and years I probably didn't get back into it or even consider going for a run again until I moved to Dundee which was in 2019 so it's only really been since 2019 that I've been running consistently and enjoying running and I I think the transition there came from the discovery of the trails and the hills and also getting involved with running with other people I think when I'd been training for the Edinburgh half it was all on the kind of canal paths in Glasgow it was on the on the roads and Glasgow being Glasgow it was often in the rain and in the dark and I just it it wasn't it wasn't my yeah it wasn't bringing bringing that joy to me it was a bit of a oh okay off we go rather than the enjoyment now when I think about getting out on the trails or especially in the hills now so um so yeah since 2019 has been kind of getting into more yeah more consistent stuff starting off with kind of maybe one 5k a week with um when I moved to Dundee I joined the local canny cross club so that's kind of trail running with your dog so the dogs are attached to us out front on a kind of harness and they in theory pull us along which usually my dog does but sometimes he just likes to have a wee trot beside me too and uh so yeah started off through that and met some met some really really good friends through that 
started um doing not even kind of just started yeah and being in the trails being on the hills and then eventually did did a first ever marathon it was the tail end of one of the lockdowns I can't remember what one but I have a really it was just when we were allowed to run with one other person whenever that oh. was we were allowed to meet up with one other person and go for a run and it was a Tuesday night and I always always run in the hills on Tuesday night in the Sidlaw Hills just north of Dundee yeah and, and I was running with my friend Derek and our two dogs and then I was at the end of the run and he kind of said oh I'm um I'm doing a marathon on Friday uh, round round Tensmere, which is kind of a, a big wood forest just just south of Dundee. And uh, he was saying he was doing it for this um, this uh, a, a man, a guy he knew who who organised kind of virtual running events. And uh, we were chatting about it, and I thought oh, that sounds pretty cool. And then I thought, you know what? Can I can I join you? And I hadn't done any training, or I hadn't. I don't think I'd run more than 13 miles in my life before um and and then and we did it we did it on the Friday intense mirror just me and him and we'd stop by the car every hour or so to to restock the water bottles and Percy pigs um and uh I think it took us about five and a half hours and we just had a grand old time and uh and that's kind of maybe I think that really set me up to get into the longer stuff and to get into the longer stuff with with other people, with friends and having those kind of ad hoc adventures where you just decide to go for a very long run with some of your some of your pals. So uh so yeah, Brilliant. that was that was the proper start, I think, of the of what I would now kind of um describe as as what my running's like. And that's only three, four years ago. Yeah, so that was, it was maybe, yeah, it was maybe somewhere in 20, 20, I don't know, all those COVID times merged into each other. Yeah, don't they? well, 2020, we weren't allowed to do it for very long after March, were we? That seemed to last, maybe it was though, but no road marathon. I've never done a road marathon. Maybe that half marathon in Edinburgh put you off that, totally. So I would but, I would do a road marathon. I I've put my name in for the London ballot the last few years because okay. I think it would be a just an awesome experience. Mm. But I, I wouldn't just fling my hat in the ring for any old road marathon. It'd have to be a, a really special one. A special one, brilliant. And I love that that because your pal Derek had said, oh, I'm gonna do a marathon I'll come do that. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> just brilliant. But I think at that time certainly me, I was we were so desperate for for human company and human connection, yeah. weren't we? And to be yeah. outside and and moving and and there, that's lots of things that yeah, running running brought. So yeah, I probably was... would have run an ultra if you'd suggested it, but I'm glad it was just an person. <laughs> <laughs> that was far enough at that time. Definitely, and just and going back to that, um, your time with Musselburgh District Athletics Club and the Port Noodle. Who knew? Who knew how vital pot noodles were going to be in your running history? Because it's all part of the game, isn't it? That's Absolutely. that elixir at the bottom of a pot noodle pot. Oh, and, I do. En- I do enjoy a pot noodle on a ultra if it's got mm. a good aid station now. So it's followed the test. It's. It's. 
I don't think pot noodles have changed for the last what no. 25 years. No, the magic's broke. yeah, the magic's in there. Now, what about um, running clubs? Then has it has it only been Musselburgh and districts you've ran with, or has there been others? Um, so when I was in Dundee, initially ran with the Canny Cross Club there, and 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 ran with them throughout um throughout being okay. in Dundee um and they've I've only done the one kind of canny cross race um but yeah I guess proudly represented them and uh whenever I put my club down when I was um up there and I'm still a, a member of that club even though I'm not in Dundee anymore and met uh-huh. some yeah met some really really good friends through that club and some wonderful dogs as well of course yeah, um yeah. And then since so I moved down to Edinburgh um, a year ago and joined, I don't think they would officially class themselves as a running club, more a running group um, called EH3 Milers. Um, and they are a group who, I guess, the the main focus of them is a 5K on a Wednesday night in in Edinburgh city centre and it's 5k followed by a pint at the pub and it's very much a social um a social group who enjoy a run who also enjoy yeah socializing at the at the pub and that's uh that's how they're again they're such a nice group and they are um a really nice way of connecting with other people who have got similar similar interests mm. um and since then having been involved in then there's been there's been a few kind of offshoots of those of us who do slightly longer runs and we've recently just um maybe in the last three or four months started a regular Thursday night hill run in the Pentlands which um which myself and one of the other EH3ers we we both uh, kind of lead those together so um and it's lovely to see it's lovely to feel like we're opening up the hills and the trails to people who are maybe more confident on the roads, um, especially in the dark. And um, so that's really nice to be able to, yeah. um, to to get involved with that side of things as well. Did you see my smile when you mentioned the Pentlands? <laughs> <laughs> um, They're a special right. place. Oh, well, we spoke a wee bit before recording about that, didn't we? Um, but Canny Cross in Dundee. Mm-hmm. We've had many guests who have dogs. We've had many. We've actually had dogs on the podcast who made big guest appearances. They were unplanned, um, <laughs> and that's that's always been fun and welcome too. But do you want to say a wee bit about a Canny Cross group? I don't think we've anybody that's spoke about Canny Cross before. So is it a is it a big movement in Dundee? The club has been around for Dundee oof, for, a, I want to say, maybe 10 years or so, and it captures Dundee and Angus. Um, I think within Scotland, there's certainly Canny Cross clubs in Aberdeenshire. There's one in Edinburgh. There's one in, I want to say, West Lothian as well. I'm not sure about the West. There probably is. I'm probably missing okay. one in Glasgow. But it's um, it's definitely a, a kind of, I think, a popular sport. And there's and yeah. they host oh gosh I mean the Candy Cross there's events across Scotland and and the whole of the UK for for races, um and some of these dogs are just, oh they're just incredible I mean I, I think all the dogs are 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 great who get involved in it but it's amazing to see the the people who 
they're already maybe good runners in their own right over 5k and they attach a strong dog onto them and they can bring their 5k down time down by two three minutes it's remarkable um so I guess that how it worked in Dundee was we had a couple of club runs a week. Um, so we had we met on a Thursday night and we had a, a 5K. And mm-hmm. um, it's usually quite a noisy start with all the barking because all the dogs are very excited to go. And um, and yeah, we'd run all year round in Camperdown on a Thursday night. And then on Tuesday night, we'd run up in the Sidlaw Hills. And yeah. um, for me, it was just, a, it was an good way of I guess it's a good way of kind of bonding with your dog of sharing that experience of running um it's also nice that you can go on a run and then not have to come home and walk your dog um you know two two birds one stone and um oh I mean I still do a lot of running with um with Finn my dog and he just loves loves being in the hills he loves getting out on the on the trails either attached to the lead or just kind of free running so yeah something that I think as long as uh, Finn is happy to keep running, he'll be he'll be right there next to me. Cool, absolutely brilliant. I, I have noticed hardly me. I haven't done Perth Park Run a lot, but when I have been there, I noticed a few people run the Park Run with dogs as well. So, um, yeah. so a wee shout out if you're out there listening in and you've got a Canny Cross Club and you want to promote it, give us a shout, and we are more than happy to do that. And because we know that people love their dogs and when they can go running with their dogs, it's brilliant. And if it's going to take some time off your 5K, why wouldn't you? you know? <laughs> so, why wouldn't you do that? Now, moving on from Dundee and, and Canny Cross, moving across to Edinburgh and the EH3 milers, is that linked to the postcode? Yes, so it was originally started, I think, in the first EH3 milers. So the first Wednesday night was originally in Stockbridge. And I'm pretty sure that's the postcode of that area. So, yes, you're right. Right. OK. And but I'm assuming you don't have to live in EH3 to be part of that group. No, no. no. So, yes, all not even an EH3 postcode. I think with EH3 at all postcode. Um, no. So I think, yeah, generally most people are kind of Edinburgh and Melodians. But if mm. you want to come along, you're always welcome. What a great way for people, because, you know, people move around, you know, and they they look for things to join. And if you're a, a runner with a, have a love of running and you want to go and find new places, one of the best things you can do is to meet some people with some local knowledge and go along and do that. So brilliant. Also fantastic that you're taking people up the Pentlands. Absolutely. I love it. Brilliant. I may come along myself for an EH3 mile. I may have to Please get a P. Do. I may have to bring my PH1 vest from Perth, <laughs> but I wouldn't rule it out. I wouldn't rule it out. PH1 um, meets EH3. Yeah, there you go. We've got a collab already. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Um, you mentioned. Let's talk a wee bit about hills now. But I, th- I think we're only two questions in, Ali, and probably about twenty odd minutes. But that's just how we roll here at Young Heart Feel Free. Um, let's talk about trails and hills. Are you a fan of elevation? What's, yeah, I am. Yeah, I think that um, I'm certainly not super fast going up or going down. But for me, it's the 
oh, there's something special about being in the hills come rain or shine that just it really fills up my energy levels and just I just love it and I think we're we're obviously spoilt for choice here in Scotland with the hills we have mm. both on our doorstep and and afar so yes I do like elevation I would say that um it's only been I think this in the last few months I've done a race with really really high elevation for the distance other races I've done or events I've done have been there's been a chunk of elevation but kind of a reasonable amount um so it's definitely made me think in the future maybe some more maybe some more spicy hills in the future um and I guess looking onto things like UTMB it's uh it looks I definitely definitely have the draw to the kind of the higher stuff but um yeah we'll see Maybe we'll come to UTMB in a wee bit, <laughs> but but we'll certainly come to some very elevated trails in a wee bit, and we're going to be as we as we work through the next wee while. Um, when I spoke to you, at Glenn Moore, and um, we were both we were both asking each other what what's coming up, what's happening next. You were getting very close to going to an event in the Faroe Islands. Indeed what, I was, yeah. What, how did that come on your radar, that event? So the fest, so the ultra I did in the Faroe Islands is um, part of a festival called the Achan Festival, and that came onto my radar at first because it is hosted by um the same people who run another trail running music festival in Wales called Love Trails um okay. so that happens in at the start of July of every year in the Gower Peninsula so kind of southwest Wales I think we could call it and it's such a beautiful place in the world to so have been to Love Trails for three times now and it's a and again it's a if you like getting out on the trails if you like being outside and, and doing things especially if you like music and having a dance and um, it's the perfect combination of that so the same organizers who do love trails organize this one in the Faroes, and okay. um it's been on my been on my radar for the last few years but it's kind of never life hasn't made allowed it to happen but um but yeah this year it was um it was the plan and so was out there for a week um and again it's a similar similar thing to love trails where they host various events over the course of the the festival um so kind of cold water swimming and hot tubs yeah. after your swim and they've got a film night and they've got um music playing and various other kind of um activities you can sign up for too and um and the Faroe Islands are just so 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 incredible um they are they're just these islands that emerge out the sea and they're mm. so dramatic and the and the kind of cliffs are sheer and the hills are high and I think one of the things that really drew me there especially for the race is that the the trails and the hills are relatively untrodden um, and the 
festival organisers get special permission to to run on the hills um, by the farmers and by the landowners. Um, and so you're potentially running where not very many people have, have run before, um, which does mean it was pretty um, chunky underfoot at times. Yeah. Um, but um, it was an incredible, um, oh, really recommend anyone going to the Faroe Islands and the and the the race they, they put on was just yeah it was brilliant. Awesome. And looking part of our world famous Young Hearts Run Free research, I'm actually looking at your Strava right now. Um 32.75 miles with eight and a half thousand feet of elevation. That's quite a lot, isn't it? Yeah. Was, we just we just spoke about hills. So uh-huh. you, you obviously got your money's worth for this one. Absolutely. So that's the hilliest ultra I've done over over that um distance. Um I've done a, yeah, I guess I've done the the I guess the Davaway which we spoke about earlier. That's a similar distance, just over 30 miles, but that's it's not got a huge amount of elevation at all. And even other maybe slightly longer um ultras I've done haven't had quite as much elevation too. So that was uh it was definitely a good test for the the legs um mm. and oh I it was it was a a pretty wild day of weather um Faroe Islands is I think pretty known for its changeable weather and it didn't disappoint but it was a great great day out on the hills and um and just when the clouds lift oh the views are just remarkable yeah I'm I'm looking at the elevation profile of it there's some big climbs and some almost two or three times back down to where you started elevation wise and then all the way back up. So it's uh-huh. a fair old chunky course, definitely. Yeah. And it says at Jan Ultra second lady. Tell us all about it, Ali. Well, it was a very nice surprise. Um yes, yeah, so the um I didn't really it was one of those um one of those days where the ultra marathon halfway through crossed over with the marathon and the half marathon and the ten k so by the end you're a bit muddled up and I was running it I knew one of the other ladies um who was running my friend Julia and so I knew she was ahead of me but I'm not a I'm not a person who ever comes first second or third at races I'm a, a very happy middle to the back of the packer um so yeah it's not something I ever uh ever thought would happen but lo and behold um I think I think Julia had a had a suspicion she was maybe first um and I guess on that basis um I thought I was maybe the the second lady behind her but wasn't really sure so it was only the day after the race when we went along to the prize giving um that we find out that was indeed the case and uh yeah it was a very nice surprise and you know let's be optimistic and say it could uh no it's definitely not definitely not gonna happen (laughs) in the future again I'm not that optimistic but you know what though let's Pause that a bit because you said you're not somebody that finishes first, second, or third. Well, you actually are because it's happened now. It's fact. It has. It has. It's, it's, it's actually happened. And let's just be just to give it the final detail: thirty-two point seven five miles, second lady in ten hours thirteen minutes and forty-nine seconds. Did you have an idea of time before you started? What you'd an aspiration or? Not really, because 
the course was so unknown and the mm-hmm. elevation and how my legs would do with that was also really unknown. I kind of, I thought it would take longer than, so I did the Devil of the Highlands in August. I kind of assumed it would take longer than that because of the elevation, even though it's shorter. Um, But I had, I don't know, I'd prepped for a, I'd prepped for a long day on the hill. Yeah, um, yeah. And I feel like I always have kind of when you're maybe know you're near in the end you think oh could I come on could I could I slide in under 10 hours or could I slide in under 10 15 and you kind of set these goalposts um but the last descent on that race was I don't know if you've got the you'll be able to see if you've got the elevation profile but it was a it was a big drop down to because it finished at the beach big drop down to the beach and and it was by that point it was muddy and it was slippy and it was really tricky um that last descent and so um it was one of those ones where you're like you know what I've been on my feet for 10 hours let's not break an ankle now and just <laughs> take it easy so I was quite happy to to not try mm. to gun in for sub 10 but um but no I was I was really tough with my time and yeah. um and I think most importantly for me, I had a really, really enjoyable day um, and finished with a smile on my face, which is, I think, always my, always my A goal when I do a long run is to try and have a nice time. Yeah, I'm just checking that. You mentioned the elevation profile and the last mile and a half, it goes down 1500 feet just about. Well, yeah, yeah, that makes so, sense. So that's quite a bit, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, now, you also just slipped in there about the devil of the highlands Um, we never ever just brush over the west highland way on young hearts from free podcast how was the devil for you yeah it was smashing i absolutely loved it i have only really got to know the west highland way this year um kind of first time i was out on it was april over the course of a weekend um myself and my pal andy we ran from river denning up to Fort William um, as a bit of a kind of long run training weekend and that just kind of I was already signed up for the devil at that point so it was a good recce as well but that um, yeah sealed the even just that first first trip out it was it was brilliant and to hear all the places that you've heard about a lot of things on this podcast kind of everyone's digging up Lockside and you know the views across um the views kind of up the devil staircase and uh yeah cool to go and really good to go and experience them and the devil didn't disappoint it was uh again had a really fun day out and um it was pretty wet it was soggy feet for pretty much the whole time apart from maybe the last maybe hour it was i changed my socks at um oh what's that last checkpoint called uh, no, after that it Lundavra. is Landavra. Thank you. Yeah. I changed my socks at Landavra, and felt like a new woman afterwards with with dry feet for the first time in eight hours. Um, but no, it's just a great great route, so well organised, and the finish was it's probably one of my favourite finishes because they had all the bunting up and they had lots of people there and the big marquee, a crack in a crack and pervy as well. <laughs> Brilliant. I let you just um, linking in that you are a regular listener, bringing Pervy in. Thank you for that. <laughs> That's and a word I didn't know before you guys said it, actually. 
Now it's yours as well. Belongs Indeed. to us all. Belongs to us all. And a cracking finish line photograph of you yeah. going down that finish shoot because another one of the races that has all the rainbows. You know, absolutely love it. Fantastic. It's a brilliant photograph. You're almost like punching the air as you're approaching uh, yeah. the finish arch. Brilliant. Well, I think it's one of those finishes where you don't really know what's coming until you get ah. into the play park. Um, and my watch was doing that typical thing of saying I should already be finished by now. Um, <laughs> and you can yeah, hear it. Yes, I know. <laughs> um, and so, no, it was a, it was a, I really, really enjoyed the day out. Brilliant. Awesome. Yes. Still one of my favourite finishes, not for me. For Stephen, Stephen's finish in the Devil of the Highlands was one of my favourites ever, if not my favourite ever. It's a very special place, the West Highland Way. And um, it's brilliant to hear that you had uh, a good day out. You've had a few good days out this year, because I'm going to wheel you across Scotland a wee bit, if you don't mind. Go ahead. To, Where are you weaken me? To, well, I'm going to call it Blair Gowrie. Ish, but the Cataran Trail or Glenshee type area. So mm-hmm. I remember speaking to you during the wee intro that we did, um, talking to you at the the blast running twenty along the fourth and what's coming up for you in the Cataran was mentioned. And was that was the Cataran Trail your longest event today? Yes, it was, and it, it still is. I did I did the Cataran in it was the year the run the race didn't happen uh-huh. because of covid so that was maybe 2020 it must have yeah. been 2021 yeah yeah i i did it with two friends um we just we did it in may and we we we, we trained for it and we we had friends meet us at various checkpoints um so and that was that was um so that was what two and a half years ago. So coming on to this, um, yeah. this May, I knew, I knew my legs had done it before, um, and um, and I knew the the route pretty well, and I ran that with Andy, and it was his it was his longest run um, ever as well by quite a distance, and it was um, great to see him move from a thirty mile up to a fifty five miler. Um, and uh, yeah, it's again, it's one of those routes that I think it's relatively less known, potentially. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. But I agree, I, I love a loop. Um, something really nice about a loop. And um, it was, uh, again, I, I feel like I'm I'm saying the same thing, but it was just a really nice day. And no. I just, every time I do, a, every time I spend a day in the hills, I definitely come away thinking it's it's never a it's never a bad day really when you're in the hills. Can you can you have a and and I, I definitely don't run these races with I don't run them very fast or very or with or 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 really, really kind of busted up to to get a certain time. As I said, first thing is just enjoying the experience. Um and I yeah, it definitely is good good for the soul oh you're talking all the right words ali and i love that you said it was just a nice day brilliant and you know what if we take our if we can shift our mindset 
you know, some people go out with a time in mind, and that's fair enough. That's absolutely brilliant. You know, absolutely. Um, and if I was ever good enough to be at the front of the field, I'd probably think the same myself. But I know I'm, I'm not, and I, I get I just get great pleasure and my money's worth from being out in that course for quite a long time. And I'm absolutely <laughs> I'm absolutely cool with that. But I also love what you've just said there. Is there such a thing as a a bad day when you're out in the hills? It's just you're getting a long long fills of fresh air and if yeah. it, if if Scotland and the world is being kind to us, we get some nice views as well and that's that they can be they can be wonderful. Um the Cataran Trail, it's not to be underestimated. It is a toughie, fifty-five miles ish with just over seven thousand feet of elevation. So and again it's a as you say it's a loop. It's a one of these wonderful loops. And we've had a few guests on who've done the Cataran Trail. So it's one that people should certainly look at and put in their in their diary. And again, you've got you're blessed with some brilliant photographs. There's a great photograph of you and Andy at the end of the Cataran Trail. Both smiling, but both look kind of tired. But you're oh, both yeah. you're both got your medals, and you you know what? It's just been a great day. That's exactly yeah. what the photo suggests. No, you must absolutely. tell me though, what what brand of shorts is it you guys wear? Well, Andy, now, oh, Andy's uh, the brand of Andy's shorts will come back to me in a minute. My shorts I tend to wear are a brand called Happy Stride. Happy um, Stride, and they do lots of good patterns I've got some bananas I've got some parrots I've got some leopard print ones and they're super comfy for running up mm. the and um they've got some good pockets and Andy's or Andy's or Zhangji how you say it um, yeah and um they are I think they're maybe a relatively don't know newer brand on the scene I'm not sure right. um I do I do need to branch into the Zhangjis too because they've also got good uh kind of funky bright yeah. funky things exactly i'm looking um, at andy's at the cataran trail i'm not quite sure what they are it's like a jungle vibe going on but they're very nice yeah no i'm going to stop zooming in on andy's shorts now <laughs> <laughs> brilliant and as i say i met you and andy at a forfer first of all and you both had a good day out there as well but you know what i don't know if you've even looked at the questions ali We've just been we've just been going on. So we've mentioned, and it's maybe a bit unfair to ask you to pick your favourite running experience. That's generally a lead-in that that's what I'm going to ask you next. But we've spoken <laughs> about the Faroe Islands. We've spoken about the Devil of the Highlands. We've spoken about the Cataran Trail. We've mentioned Forfar as well. Is there a favourite running experience that you've had? Ah, oh, you're right. It's such a hard question to think about one experience for I think that it would definitely be it'll definitely whatever it is is definitely in in the hills and with good company mm-hmm. I would say that the one thing I really love is uh and which would would definitely come under the favourite running experience banner is a self-organised adventure with with friends, generally a running adventure. I do like races and I do like organised events, but 
sometimes the sometimes the pressure of cutoffs or having to be somewhere for a certain time mm-hmm. can um I think it it never detracts from it, but it can sometimes maybe occupy a wee bit of that mind space. Um, and it's nice to, yeah, just do things, yeah, with your with your pals and 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 so they are definitely some of my kind of favourite memories. That's for sure. Um, and that's where you get the. I think that's where the some of the magic happens as well. Kind of when you're just trotting along having a blather, sharing a good bit of scan on a run. Oh, you're ticking all the boxes there. Um, having a blather, which is probably my favourite thing to do, and then throw a bit of scran in as well. Fantastic. And and, and the question was about your favourite running experience. It's not about a favourite race. Okay. So, so that's brilliant. I love that. That's a fantastic answer. Um, and there's a lot of people are now – sorry – are now is the wrong thing to say. A lot of people have always organised adventures in preference of races. Some people don't like that. There maybe is a bit of pressure about putting a bib number on and that's not what appeals to people. It's just, I think you described that really well. Being out with your pals, having a good time, there's no time constraints apart from let's get back before the chippy shuts type thing. <laughs> you know, brilliant. Yeah. I love that. And I think there is, there is some... There's a bit of magic that happens sometimes when you do put on a race number in terms of those race, that race day adrenaline, isn't it? Mm, mm. But so they're they're a hard one to compare, but a nice balance of both is is always good. Brilliant. You're also involved in something. And I think this is a very short conversation we had at the 20 along the 4th. While we were both at the Purvey, I remember that. We were both waiting for our cup of tea, our post-run tea. You are right. You were very kind and wangled me a cup of tea that day. That's right. Thank you again for that. And then we got. Well, I'm not going to say you got tore in because that would be unfair of me. I got tore in, and you were there too. Um, And we were speaking a wee bit about your job and running, and specifically talking about run talk run. Do you want to say a bit about? that Ali and your involvement in Run Talk Run. Yeah, absolutely. So Run Talk Run is a mental health support community that is facilitated through running and also walking. Um it is it was founded seven years ago um in or is it six years ago? Run Talk Run just had a birthday, either six or seven. Um in London by a wonderful woman called Jess Robson and it was Jess started up Run Talk Run on the basis of that she was going through um, a lot with her own mental health. Um, She was in a place where she was struggling and she was finding that being in a room with kind of traditional talking therapy wasn't really kind of getting to the crux of what was going on for her and she wasn't really finding it that um that helpful for her but what she did find helpful was when she was out running with her mum and she would they go for a run and they'd have a chat about what was going on in her head and how she was feeling and it was off the back of that that she decided to try to establish a group where you could come for a run it was a gentle pace it was open to all abilities and it 
opened the doors and it facilitated that space to talk about your mental health and how you were doing, whether that was you were doing well, whether that was, you you know, you were having a bit of a, a trickier week. And it took a wee while to to build up um, mm-hmm. and it started with one run in Southwark and London and it got bigger and bigger and bigger and it kind of now works on the basis of volunteer run leaders who want to start their own run, talk run and the walking equivalent, which is walk, talk, walk in their own town, city, village. Um, and six years on, there must be... 200 runs across the world 100 wow, about wow. that so it's got it's it's got huge over the last um yeah kind of six years so I first came across run to run at Love Trails Festival down in Wales um and I guess I was drawn to going along to it because I've got a background in psychology and I now work as a as a health psychologist in the NHS and at the time when I was at Love Trails I was just about to start my psychology training and so I went along to see what it was all about and I decided to kind of take that and set up a run top run in Dundee but I just moved um I guess setting it up with the idea of that I really like the premise of it and mm-hmm. I think having space to talk about and normalise conversations about mental health is so important and I think also understanding that I was about to go and kind of go into a two-year training course in a city where I didn't know anyone and probably could do with some support for my own mental health and well-being throughout that. Um, so I hosted the Run Talk Run in Dundee for my three and a bit years I lived there um, and it's still still going strong now um, and uh, it's a once a week run it's a 5k and it's all abilities and it's a space yeah just to chat about what's going on with no pressure to speak about anything you're not comfortable with you can come along and listen and it's that open supportive peer support space it's not therapy it's not there's no advice giving when I go along to a run to a run I very much take my psychologist hat off I'm there mm-hmm. as a as a as a peer in the group and it's a space yeah to talk about whatever's showing up um and there's run to runs across Scotland there's ones in Glasgow there's ones in there's yeah, certainly the one in Dundee there's um there has in, in the past been ones in Aberdeen and Edinburgh um and there's always ones popping up um, across the country and there's loads yeah lots in in England there's a couple in France there's pretty sure there's one in Australia so they're they're all over the all over brilliant. the place brilliant and I think it's that <clears throat> I'm not an expert in it at all but I think there's that simple thing about moving forward whether that's walking or running and it's maybe that thing too that when we're doing this is just my personal experience when we're when we're got something on our mind and we're moving forward there doesn't have to be that eye contact you can be you can be side by side with somebody or it can be changing if you're if you're running but it's such a a simple but powerful way to if you want to to offload to someone absolutely and it's almost like you're saying it 
when you don't have that eye contact when you are side by side you're you're saying it to the world you're you're not you're not in that maybe slightly more intense Mm. um setting that that can be a therapy room or can even just be on the sofa um and I think you're you're spot on when you say that it kind of it makes it a bit easier to put in those mud take those muddled thoughts that might be in your head and, and express them into some form of sentence brilliant I love the fact that there are groups like that and opportunities for people to go and to to offer because I'm not going to go too deep into this because I don't know enough to speak about it. Um, we all have mental health and times it would be good, times it wouldn't be so good. But we've all got it. And if you're struggling with something, speak to somebody. And if there's a group local like this, then take the opportunity to go and do that. It can make a massive difference. Just to, It can be literally feel like a weight off your shoulders when... Um, if I had the opportunity to speak to somebody. So I'm not going to go too deep into that. We'll certainly put the link in for Run Talk Run, Ali. Thank you very much yeah. for, for explaining that. And I'm glad I waited till now to pursue that answer because you explained mm. that you explained that really well. So thank you so oh, you're much. Welcome. Thank you so much for that. We've mentioned the funky shops. Okay. We always like to find out about a favourite piece of running kit. What's Ali Edie's favourite piece of ranking? Ooh, um, good question. I am very fond of my visor. Mm. It's only been a recent, a recent favourite bit of kit, especially in the okay. rain. Love the visor. What else would I say? Um, I mean, I'm always out with at least one, if not two, buffs. um I don't know if it would count as kit more going into the food and drink category but again one thing I would usually never go out with is um active root in my bottles as well that's been a um a a game changer I think in terms of um hydration and it's just very tasty too so I'm a big fan of that as well Okay, no, that certainly works. Um, you're the second person in a few weeks that's mentioned the visor. Ah. Nick Dawson was on. She's still seeking her favourite visor that went missing at one I point. I did remember listening yeah. to that, actually, yeah. But, but she Although has a, she talked about one with elastic and uh, and that being her favourite one, and I'm the opposite. I'm a, she, she didn't like the Velcro. I'm all about the Velcro. Well, there you go. I like space. Uh, I like space to breathe. So maybe it's we quite, need to do a trade. It's quite a spare, it's quite a personal thing, a visor. <laughs> and then Active Root is a good shout as well. Other um other products are available, but Active Root crops up quite a lot in the Young Heart from Freezer. So thank you very much for saying that. Talking then, it's almost like you planned this segue. How do you feel things like the Davaway? The Catherine Trail, you're running the Fair Islands. How do, how do you choose to fuel these? Um, I've always been a real food fueler. I don't know if yeah. that's a that's a that's the technical term for it. My favourite foods to have on a ultra would be um, salt and vinegar hula hoops. They travel very well. They're good. They're a good uh, definitely a crisp that keeps their shape in a pack. 
<laughs> it's, they've, they've been under rigorous testing and always uh always uh, for me always go down very well a um fizzy pigtail from percy pigs okay. also also a big fan they've got just enough fizziness and sour in it to really get the saliva going and uh and they don't get too hard in the cold again lots of testing's been done um so they are definitely my go-tos for for every run what oh. I'll have in my have in my pocket and then whatever else I can I can get I've recently one thing that um definitely propelled me through the well actually no it didn't propel me through the um Devil of the Highlands on that occasion it was um Dairyly Dunkers um oh. you know yeah the jumbo tubes and yeah. the reason the reason they actually didn't work in the devil of the highlands is because there were so many midges out that i had one had a packet on the way up the devil's staircase and i was dunking my tubes and my cheese but because there was so many midges after about 30 seconds the cheese was just filled with midges ah. so then i had to have some midgy cheese and uh and uh so yeah on that occasion perhaps uh, still delicious <laughs> i don't know if i finished them all i think they got a little bit too midgy by the end but um but yeah they are my i think they're my go-tos um i only recently just found a gel that i think i might try to try to dabble in um but actually, the only other thing I would tend to always have is the Vela Forte Energy Chews. Yeah, very they're, nice. They're good too, especially like the caffeine one, which is, I think it's cherry and cherry and something else. And they're a, they're a good staple as well for me. You mentioned a gel. Do you want to say which one? This recent edition? It's only, I only tried it for the first time a few weeks ago. Um, it is the... The precision, precision, precision nutrition, precision hydration. Ah, uh, maybe it's the clear one, and they don't have really any flavour to them. Um, okay. Which is always what's put me off gels in the past. The kind of really sweet, sweet taste of them. Mm-hmm. And it was a friend lent me one on a run just to try, and they were just very neutral and didn't really taste of anything. Um, and uh, they definitely appealed to me in that they're obviously quite small I think it had 30 grams of carbs in it so I'm definitely going to try them again in the future mm-hmm. although might also take inspiration from who was your who was your man that talked about making his own gels Stu Johnson yes makes his own gels and he's quite happy to uh, don the white lab coat and work out um recipes yeah. And, uh, yeah, definitely. That's a way to do it. Definitely. But the precision hydration stuff, I'm hearing more and more people speaking about these because and, and I think to go for that neutral, because some of the flavours are really, really strong, you mm-hmm. know, so. But then again, that's some things will work for some people and for other people it won't. It's totally down to the personal taste with that. Brilliant. So. That was a wonderful answer about hydration. The thing, you've got to be careful as well with salt and vinegar hula hoops. I've had them, well, I've actually fell on a packet of salt and vinegar oh, hula hoops yeah. in, my, in my pack, went backwards and smashed them. So I thought, just crunch them up and for want of a better technical term, just cope them in your mouth, right? Too much salt and vinegar at oh. the same time. 
I think my nose exploded into a thing just with the sensation. It never exploded. Mm-hmm. God forbid. But um, yeah, that was just too much at once. So much better. Did you count the whole use... packet? Yes. Oh and, God, and I mean, I'm not surprised. I've got, I've got quite a big mouth, Alec, but um, a whole lot in a winner and it just, I could feel it before I was even finished, my face going, bad idea, John. So <laughs> you've said that salt and vinegar hula hoops do keep their shape. But if you well, happen, unless you fell on them. <laughs> if you happen to fall on a pack, just if you're going to cope it in, do half a cope first yeah so there you go (laughs) golden nuggets of the week and that's it and the percy pigs are a favorite they're brilliant they're absolutely brilliant Mm -hmm. other versions of them are available too though the aldi or lidl they do something like i've forgotten the name leo the lion or something what i I think there's maybe henry the hippo as well yeah yeah yeah, so I can't, I can't, uh, can't comment on them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I'm a Percy, I'm a Percy gal. I okay. will not stray. That's absolutely cool. I'm not going to put you in a corner. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> um, I've maybe got a wee idea of what the answer to this one's going to be, Ali. But what is your favourite way to relax? Um, I've just moved in to a new house a couple months ago. Okay. And one of the things I'm really enjoying is lighting the wood burner, especially now yeah. it's got a bit colder. Yeah. And just just enjoying sitting by the fire. Um, so that's a, a new way of relaxing um, that has, and I think it will be a nice nice thing to have for the for the winter. I think other than that, um, it's, I mean, a dog walk. Um, is always a, a good way for me to switch off. Um, where I've where I've just moved, I've got um lovely trails and forests, and the Pentland Hills kind of right on my doorstep. So I love just being out in the yeah out in the trees and and just kind of not even not listening to anything and just kind of enjoying the enjoying the peace and. Sometimes I'll go on a walk and I'll see more deer than I will people. Um, and there's something I find quite, quite uh, calming about that as well. You see it in your face. Yeah. Big, big smile. It's lovely. Mm-hmm. And that's still a that's still a very much a new thing in terms of being so close to the trails and hills. Um, mm. Just having moved, which um, which I'm absolutely loving. Right. What does Finn the dog make of the wood burner? Oh, he's a big fan indeed. Yeah, good. Yeah. good. He's also a big fan of the deer that we see on our walks, but uh, usually I can spot them before him. Yeah. <laughs> he's only want to say hello. It's okay. less relaxing if he bombs after the deer. <laughs> well, you're getting some added speed work in Oof, there too. Yeah. Um, okay. I think we're coming to the end of our question set, but we're coming to possibly the two most important questions that we ask all of our guests. And because Stevie Boy is away on his holidays, do you call them the tatty holidays? Do you call them this time of year the tatty holidays? I know what you mean when you say the tatty holidays. It's right, more of okay. a, and I, but I only really learned about that when I was in Dundee. Because okay. that growing up on the East Coast, kind of down in Musselburgh, it's, I, I don't think it was something I came across, but it's, yeah. I know what you mean. 
certainly up in Perth and Angus and Tayside and Angus, yeah, the tax holidays are traditionally the time that the potatoes are reaped from the soil. And before the days of when it was all automated, kids would have time off school and they would go and pick tatties for their tatty holidays and get paid for the, the privilege of doing that. So that we've Did always they get known paid that. as well? Oh, I oh, thought that. it was free labour. But you never got to keep the tatties. Ah, no, okay. no. Um, well, some of us did. We had big trousers, big pockets in them. Oops, let that slip. Never mind. Um, so, yes, uh, Stephen's away enjoying his tatty holidays, not picking tatties. He's away doing something else. So I get the pleasure of asking these final two questions. And this one is normally Stephen's. And But because it's season nine, we're doing things differently, I get to do it. So we ask everybody that comes on for a local dialect word that we can enter into our now voluminous dialect dictionary. So you've mentioned, you've just mentioned Musselburgh, you've mentioned Edinburgh, you've mentioned Dundee, but you've travelled about a wee bit as well, whether that being through life or holidays, whatever. Which, what word would Ali Edie like to enter into the Young Hearts Run Free dialect dictionary? Well, my favourite Dundee word, which is already in your dialect dictionary, I think Elish McCogan put it in, and it was it circles. Oh yes, because that Brilliant. is the best, as in the Dundee word for roundabouts. Brilliant, yeah. So that's already been nabbed. So I can't do that. Um, but what I guess it's the word I want to put in. It's less of a local word for me. It's uh, it's probably one of my favourite running dialect words. So, okay. and it's something I learned. It's definitely not my word. I can't take credit for it. It's something I learned. I weren't uh, oh, a word I learned through a ultra runner called Ali Bailey, who I would absolutely love to meet one day. She is a runner down. I think she's kind of Yorkshire, England way. Okay. Terrible, terrible geography for me. And she came up with the term um, of whingery. And a, a whingery is something, it's a, generally when you're on a long run, or, or I guess on any run you could have a whingery. It's, a, it's something that's a wee bit niggly, it's a wee bit sore, it's a bit... It's it's kind of when you're like, oh, you know what, my right hip's complaining a bit or my left calf's feeling a bit dodgy. It's not an injury. It's not something that's going to linger for the whole run or, or the next day. But it's something that's a wee bit sore in the moment and you just mm -hmm. have to have a good whinge about it and then it'll go away. Brilliant. <laughs> a whingery. And, I, and I'm, I think about whingeries in every run and it's a, a term I like to share with um with with people out on the out on the trails because I think it just sums it up nicely. Brilliant. And people all across Young Hearts Run Free podcast land will be going, that's the word I've been looking for to describe that. Yeah. A whingery. A How would you spell that, Ali? Um I think mm, W H I N G E R Y. Yep, I, I had know. that. I had that without Something the. Something like that. I had that without the H. So you're having a wine. Yeah. Having, oh, yeah. Having, having a wine, having a whinge. Having a but, whinge. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, maybe whinge. It wouldn't have a H. Did I say G H? 
Hmm. No, no, no. You said WH at the start. When, uh, yeah, so that's oh, fine. Yes. In. And you know what? I'm going to find out the spelling of Ali Bailey and we'll tag Ali Bailey in. You've mentioned Elish McCogan, so I'll be tagging Elish McCogan in as well. We just need to mention Courtney DeWalter now and you've hit the jackpot. Oh, my, well done. There's a treble <laughs> for this week. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, and then, so, Wingery is straight in, the W's in dialect. Dictionary. Thank you so much for that. I love it and I shall, I shall use it a lot because I am, I am a Winger. I um, would love to see... Just, just whilst I've got the opportunity to say it, I'd love uh-huh. to see the dialect dictionary in its in its glory. <laughs> You're not the first person that has said that. So, because um, he's not here, I can say Stevie Boy's got the dialect dictionary, and maybe we'll get a photograph of that compendium at some Absolutely. point. Absolutely, uh, it'd be a bestseller. Maybe we could sell it. Be brilliant. I would, I would buy the dialect dictionary. <laughs> Dialect Dictionary, get a free buff when you buy the Dialect Dictionary. There you go. God help us if Stephen listens to this this week. I'll be getting around. Um, <laughs> now, our final question for you, Ali, is we are now on volume six of the Buff Buff playlist, um, which is a, an eclectic mix of tunes and sounds and songs for our listeners' listening pleasure. What song would you like to add in to the Young Hearts Run Free playlist? I would like to add a song called Alive by a Scottish band called Skipnish. And it's a lovely song that it's on my, I have a playlist um, which on, on my Spotify called 12 Hour Joy. And it's a, a playlist I first put together for a 12-hour ultra a few years ago. It does not last for 12 hours. But it's a playlist I roll out in those moments where you really need it on a on a long run. And Alive is on it. And it's come up on a few... It's It's come up on the playlist on a few moments where, during runs, when I've been in the hills and, and it's just been... The views have been opened up. And I think there's at least two occasions where that song's come on as if by magic, as if my my Spotify knows that's what I need in that moment on a few runs. And there's this one lyric in it and it says, I'm alive, I'm alive. And the stars, stars are on your side. <laughs> feel the wonder of the world. You are alive. And it's that that lyric, feel the wonder of the world. You are alive. And I've definitely been mid run a few times and had tears in my eyes at just mm. appreciating the wonder of the world and even if it's lashing down with rain and you're tired and your legs are sore or you've got a bog up to your knee it's the wonder of the hills and that is uh is why I wanted to add it in you know what I hope that people are going to listen into this and they're going to hear that song for the very first time because it is quite magical. It was brought to my attention. We did uh, at work, sorry, I'm going to digress briefly, but I will come back. We did a thing at work during lockdown. We did a thing called Lockdown Lounge, where I would DJ songs across the network that I, awesome. that I, that, that I worked in. And we put out requests. People could send in requests for tunes and stuff. And somebody requested that song, and I had never heard that. The first time I heard that, I burst out crying. It might have been the the pandemic was happening and 
lockdown and all that, but it's such a moving tune. And you're right to hear that when you're, you don't have to be outside. That's maybe just a wee bonus that it comes on at the right time. But it's such a wonderful tune. It gives me goosebumps every single time. And there's so much to it. It's to be bowled up at the intro and then yeah. when, it gets, when it gets going, it's like, come on. You can have a laugh. You can have a cry. You can have a dance. It's there's it's all of those things in, in one. Yeah. Ali E.D., I have thoroughly, it feels like 20 minutes we've been talking. It's way, way longer than that. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I knew it would be a bella. I just, I just knew it would be. So thank you so much for your time and your patience and for describing not just this year, but your running journey. I sort of get a feeling that we're still at the start of that, but I also get a bigger feeling that you're not in any rush. You're just enjoying no, it and having a good absolutely. time. Um, you put a race bib on, you have an adventure, you go running with your dog. It's brilliant. It's great. Thank you so much for your time, Ali, and I wish you every health and happiness for the future. Thanks for having me. It's been a, a joy to be here with you. We may not see tomorrow, but today the earth is ours. Unknown the new horizons and the hands of hired powers. But now we bear the blessings when the golden stars align. Feel the grace and hold the wonder we are alive. You're alive, you're alive, and the stars are on your side. Feel the wonder of the world, you are
green The scene of the moonlight And the magic comes again There's music in the air And a promise on the tide Feel the bliss wash your being You're alive You're alive, you're alive And the stars that are on your side Feel the wonder of the world You are alive You're alive, you're alive And the stars that are on your side Feel the wonder of the world You are alive You're alive 